Episode 21, Pre-Scouting. So some of you might be getting this podcast and be asking, why is this episode 21? So this podcast, the Discord community, and our Thursday articles are part of the premium feature. So for like five dollars a month i think it is you can get all of those things i'm open sourcing this episode because i just open sourced a mock pre-scout presentation that some of you guys have downloaded i've linked it below in underneath this podcast and I wanted to make this one free to everyone as well um, to go along with that presentation and just to give some people an idea of what we do on this podcast and maybe it's worth the $5 a month to upgrade your membership and start connecting with some coaches in the Discord community, start building some new relationships that way, get an additional article per month, and get this podcast episode and then access to the archives so you can look up every article that I've written before that's currently locked will be unlocked for you. Um, something to think about. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about pre-scouting and I'm just going to kind of throw some thoughts and some questions at you and I've linked the Twitter thread below where some of these questions uh, came from. I started just kind of thinking about what I was doing when I was with my junior team um, for two years when I was coaching them. And I didn't really believe a ton in pre scouting then. And I think I'm either even further, um, call it to the right on the spectrum of like really not believing in it. Um, and I've been doing a lot of writing and thinking recently about the idea of compounding and interrupting compounding. And I'll link one of those articles too for you, but it wasn't that long ago. Anyway. Um, and I think what pre-scouting does, and maybe not always and maybe not at every level, but for example, I was in Tier 3 junior hockey in the States in the USPHL. So um, a similar level, if you're not familiar with that league, at the same level, the NA3. Um, is also a tier three league in the States. So for anyone outside of United States junior hockey, that might not be familiar. And we were an expansion team and we lost out on a ton of recruits that, you know, we wanted, but they went to, you know, call it better known brands in tier three. So you think of teams, again, if you're familiar in the States, like 
we are losing out on recruits to, you know, teams like North Iowa, teams like St. Louis, and some other, like, well-known top-end Tier 3 teams because we were an expansion team and it's more of a risk to, you know, go work in the business sense. It's more risky to go work for a startup than an established giant conglomerate of a company. So when we did start start kind of losing out on those recruits, like obviously you have to fill a roster with less talented players and that then becomes a challenge to compete in your division, in your league. So like early on, I learned that it was going to be a struggle most nights to stay in games with the best teams in our division. Um, And from top to bottom in a division at Tier 3, it's different than the USHL. It's different than the North American League. Like, there's way less parity, so your top teams are really good, and your bottom teams are really bad. And we were in a situation where we were a not very talented team. So when you look at it from, and I'm going to do different levels of teams, but I'm going to start with the team that I had. So if you look at a not talented team in a junior league, for example. And we'll get into maybe even what that might look like in pro hockey, in my opinion, even though I've never been there. But starting with junior hockey, like, we were a bad team in Tier 3. So if the goal is to develop your players and create value and improve on the assets that you have and improve their value so that they can advance to the next level, which exposes them to more scouts, different kinds of scouts, opens them to different opportunities and better opportunities. If that's the goal of junior hockey, or at least tier three, should 100% be advancement. Um, If that's the goal, then what are we doing interrupting that player development compounding when every... Wednesday and Thursday, a lot of coaches in junior hockey start putting together, you know, mock four checks. This is what the other team's going to do to us. So we need our players to know our four check, which they might not know well and they might not be able to execute well, especially if it's early in the season. So they're trying to learn your four check. And then you're going and making them do reps of the other team's forecheck and how they're going to forecheck. 
on Wednesday and Thursday to get ready for the game. And that's just the forecheck. So you're going to spend some time doing that. And then on Thursday practice, it might be your power play penalty kill. So you're going to tell guys on your team that might not be great at executing your PK yet to go do what the opponent's going to do. And you're going to do their PK. So again, like now you're taking every single phase of the game that your players are trying to learn to be good playing for your team. And now you're interrupting that compounding and interrupting that learning to pretend to be someone that you're not. And right, wrong, or indifferent right now, like it seems like that's like interrupting compounding at the very basic level. Because ultimately, the goal is to dominate and to the other team knows what you're doing. They can watch film on you and you still have to execute at a higher level than them and they're trying to stop you from doing it. So if you look like at a team like the Colorado Avalanche and if you watch them at certain points of last year where they were just steamrolling teams. If you're familiar with soccer, like some of their games looked like Manchester City was playing the worst team in the English Premier League. Colorado would dominate possession, dominate offensive zone time, chances for through the roof. And that's that's what we all want to get to. We want to be able to dominate our opponents. And to do that, we need to build a compounding advantage. And to do that, you have to focus on your style and you have to be so good at your style of play and your principles of play that even though the opponents know what you're going to do, they still can't stop you. So if that's the goal, then what are we doing interrupting that development every Wednesday and Thursday, twice a week, maybe once a week, depending on who you are? Why not completely focus on your team, your style of play, and teaching your players to be so good at it that nobody can stop you? And that benefits you if you're a bad Tier 3 team because your players are going to work to their strengths more, work to your system of play more, get familiar with your system of play more, and that's going to help them build cohesion on the ice and ultimately play better on the weekends because they're getting more reps at what you're supposed to be doing without taking breaks to go pretend to be this team one weekend, this team the next weekend, this team a third weekend. So instead of 
learning one forecheck and how to dominate playing within that forechecking style and learning all the ins and the outs of it. You're making them learn four different forechecks in four consecutive weekends because they have to go pretend to be X team, Y team, Z team, and A team on those four consecutive weeks of practice. So this is where I think like, and I'll go over some of the questions that I have. That's just kind of where my head started and where the thought train started going. And then I started to kind of ask myself some of these questions. What would be the return on investment if you cut all your pre-scouting and reinvested all of that time into playing better than other teams regardless of what they're going to do? And then another question. Going from a developmental level like Tier 3, so you could make the argument that maybe you don't need to pre-scout there. But you could also make the argument that you don't need to pre-scout at the highest levels of hockey. If you're going back to that Colorado example, like if Colorado is playing a team like Arizona right now, or Philadelphia, or just a bottom Detroit, as much as I don't like saying that being a huge Wings fan and from Michigan, but like if you're playing Detroit and you're Colorado, like your coaches need to be spending time cutting a bunch of film. Like, does your video coach need to be going nuts that week? Like trying to organize this clip, this clip, this clip, and this clip, when you could probably walk into Detroit and being Colorado, you could probably just hand it to him pretty good. And like, that's professional hockey at the highest level. But even though there's more parity in the NHL than tier three, like there's still levels within the level. And would Colorado be better served completely focusing on them for the entire year? And what might be the return on investment in terms of being able to dominate teams even more than they already do just by focusing on what they're doing? And then again, within that level, just like in the Tier 3 bad team example like I had if you're a bad team in the NHL like if you're Detroit does doing all the studying in the world of Colorado like is that going to help you at 7:30 when the puck drops and you could make the argument that you'd be more prepared or whatever and you'd know what's coming but again if you can't stop it because there's that much of a talent gap or that much of a they play their game at their best better than you play your game at your best, if there's enough of a gap there, like, does it matter how much film the players and 
the staff on Detroit are watching of Colorado. Like if you can't, if you're, if you're stuck to the railroad tracks and the train's coming, but you can't get off the tracks because you're stuck, like what good are you going to do? And that's kind of an analogy on the fly, I guess. Maybe not that great, but if it connected for you, awesome. So those are just some of my thoughts on maybe pre-scouting is overvalued. And like if you're if you're an NHL coach listening to this or like an NHL video coach or an ECHL video coach and like this is your shit and this is your jam, like you're going to be like put off or offended or whatever. Um, because this is what you do and this is like your job and how you make money and maybe how you, you know, if you have some identity issues and you really identify as being a coach at this level or video coach or a coach in general and, you know, you work really hard and you tell people you do, like you're going to have a problem with what I'm saying here. Um, because like, ultimately I think coaches are doing more than they need to. And I think, again, what's most important is the question we have to keep asking ourselves. And if you have to dominate your opponent, even though they know it's coming, then what's the point of spending time pretending to be them when you can just double down on yourself and your team and how you play and try and take it to them that way? So starting to get a little repetitive, so I'll cut this one off. If you enjoyed this and you're listening to this as a free subscriber, you can go down to the bottom and upgrade your subscription. Again, $5 a month gets you in the Discord to meet a bunch of really smart coaches and connect with them and share ideas and throw things out. It gets you another article per week, and it gets you access to the previous 20 episodes of podcasts and all the episodes we have coming in the future. We do about one podcast episode a week. So you're getting a ton of additional value if you want to upgrade. If you do, we'll see you on episode 22. If you don't, I hope you got something out of this and we'll see you for the free article on the weekend.